In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, I've been working with another pastor on a, a set of diagnostic questions that goes along with the Ten Commandments. Kind of one question per commandment to get to the heart of things. We haven't quite finished our list, but I'll give you where we are so far. Progress to date. The first commandment. What are you afraid of? The second commandment. How are your prayers? The third commandment. What is your attitude towards worship and the Lord's word? The fourth commandment. What is your attitude towards authority? The fifth commandment, and this one you might not expect, but here's the question for the fifth commandment. Are you angry? That's actually where our list ends. We're still working on questions for six, seven, and eight. But we have a question for nine and ten. And that question is this. Perhaps the most unexpected of all. Are you happy? Are you happy? We, a couple pastors and I, as we were going through this, were sitting around with a group of other guys, and, and we were running it by some other pastors, and we got a bunch of pushback on that last one. Are you happy? They didn't want, they didn't want that to be a, a diagnostic question. They, in fact, did not want the ninth and tenth commandments to command happiness. Con they, they wanted things like contentment or joy or something like that. Well, fine. If you want to call happiness contentment and joy, you can call it that, but that's what it is. Happiness. Are you happy? Do you realize that God commands you to be happy? And I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have is that we are simply unhappy people. Most people aren't happy. And you can see it in their face. And you can hear it in their words. Happy people are grateful people. They're thankful people. But unhappy people complain. In fact, I think that's the precise opposite of thanksgiving, is complaining. Now, think about it. Complaining is really a subtle form of pride. You know, it's kind of difficult to, to go with pride this way. I've got it better than you. I'm doing better than you. I mean, that's kind of an obvious form of pride. But it's kind of tough to pull off. After all, if you go to your neighbor and you tell them how much greater you are than than they are, they're not likely to believe you. <laughs> but if you go to your neighbor and tell them how much worse you are than them, now you might get somewhere. That's exactly what complaining is, isn't it? It's, it's that you're convinced that, that, that things are worse for you than it is with someone else, and you also think that you have to say it, because there could be a risk. If you wouldn't complain, if you weren't saying it, there's a risk that that person might not notice how bad you have it. They might miss it. And we... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? This is, this is the opposite of giving thanks. The very opposite. And we all do it. We all complain. I saw a friend sent me a, a, little, uh, a little video of a comedian talking about how much we complain. And he talked about how he's getting so sick of it that, that, that you know, he hears people talk about how they went to the airport and they complain about it. They, they said, you wouldn't believe, we had to sit there for 20 minutes before the plane boarded. And then, can you believe this? We had to, we had to sit on the runway and wait for 40 minutes before the plane took off. 
And this guy said, yeah, but what happened next? Did a, did a 20,000 pound hunk of metal lift miraculously off the ground and, and carry you from one place to another? Were you sitting in a chair in the middle of the air? <laughs> and you're complaining? We think that we should have it better than we do. And when we start to dig down to the root of complaining, we can start to uncover the sin that's there. You complain, and I complain, because we think that there is a way that things should be for us. We think that there is a way that, that, that things should happen to us, a way that people should treat us. In fact, way down at the root of this sin and the root of all of our complaining, we have an expectation about God, about the way we, the, the way that He should treat us, that we should be treated by God. So are you ready? Here's the question that gets down to the root of this. What do you think that, what do you think God owes you? Now think about it. What do you think that God owes you? And add this little question in there if you want. What do you act like God owes you? Now we might say, maybe, maybe, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, I know where pastor's going with this, and I know the right answer. God doesn't owe me anything. God owes me nothing at all. And that, that might sound like the right answer, but I suspect we don't really act like that, do we? We act like God owes us, or the world or something out there owes us a wait no longer than 30 seconds at the McDonald's window. <laughs> We think that God owes us a good night's sleep and money to buy whatever we want. We think that, that God owes us friendly and courteous drivers all around us on the interstate <laughs> and that no one should be rude to us or slight us or speak ill of us. We think that we are owed all of these things. And when, they, and when we don't get it, we complain. We think that God owes us health and wealth and all of the things that we want. But we say that God owes us nothing. But even this is wrong. When, when we take a good hard look at the Scriptures, we see that God does owe us something. In fact, He owes us many things, but none of them are good. God does owe us Death. He, he does owe us wrath. God, in fact, God, in fact, owes us an eternity in the, in the teeth gnashing black flames of hell where the fire never goes out and the worm never ceases to devour. That's what God owes us. That's what, that's what the Bible means when it says that wages of sin is death. We might even think in our piety that God owes us nothing, but it's not true. God owes us destruction and wrath. And if He was to give us 
what we were owed, we would be born and, or maybe even worse, we would be conceived directly into the eternal punishment of hell. Now, pastor, you say, this sermon isn't doing what you started out to do. That is, it's not making me very happy. (laughs) Especially if God commands us that we should be happy. But it's true that there is no delight in the fact that we are sinners, that we are all wretches that should be cast into the outer darkness. But our happiness and our joy and even, dear saints, our thankfulness is not found in what God owes us, but rather in what he gives us. God owes us death, but look what he gives us, life. God owes us destruction, but look what he gives, all that we need, food and home and family and friends. God owes us wrath, but he has given us forgiveness and love and mercy and his kindness and his smile. God owes us darkness and terror, but he gives us Jesus into our flesh and into our sin and into our death to save us. He does not owe you that. He owes you not one bit of it. In fact, if you have something, it proves that God doesn't owe it to you because He gives you everything by way of gift. So with Jesus, He holds back nothing but gives everything. Paul says it like this, He who gave His only begotten Son, how shall He not also together with Him also give us all things? And this, dear saints, brings an end to complaining, an end to all of our own self-pity, which is nothing other than pride. This brings an end to to all of our covetousness and to all of our sinful desires and it brings us to the place where we can be content and joyful and thankful and even, and even happy because the God who owes you everything wicked has given to you everything good. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.